Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. I am thrilled to have Rebecca Saunders with me today. Described by her clients as a video ninja, Rebecca is a sought-after video expert who works with business leaders, course creators, and speakers to ensure they make their impact on the world with video. At the age of 22, Rebecca packed a small bag and booked a one-way ticket to Sydney with her laptop and just $500 in her pocket as she boarded that plane. She had a dream of living in Australia and building her own company to sponsor herself to stay here. So fast forward a decade and Rebecca has built a global production company, has a purpose-built film studio in Sydney where she produces live virtual events and education content and has a selection of online courses including her signature program, The Video Accelerator, to help make our video journeys just that little bit easier. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm super excited too. And amongst all of that brilliance that is you, there is something that you were hiding from the world for 25 years that I'd really love to deep dive into. But just before we get into that, the essence of this podcast is called Making It Count. So what is one thing that you're doing to make it count in your world? Oh, that's a good one. I think I've got two, if I'm allowed to say two. So I think for me, I never like to waste a day. So, you know, um, if you follow me on Instagram, you will see at weekends, I am the biggest entertainer in terms of dinner parties, cooking, you know, with that comes a lot of wine consumption with friends. It's always a 6.30 start with the morning, you know, morning walk. I don't let any of that write the day off. And I feel that, you know, regardless of what activities I choose, I always want to get up and show up for the day because at the end of the day, it's an, it's a brand new day. We get to use it and we shouldn't waste it. On the flip side of that, something I've been doing for a couple of years now, which I like to share because I think a few people listening when I've shared this story have picked up the habit is at the beginning of every year, I write a list of 52 things that I want to do in that year. And that could have been something that's on my bucket list. It could be something I've been meaning to do for a while, but at least then I can do one a week. You know, it could be as little as book the dentist appointment you've been trying to book for like six months all the way through to go on that hot air balloon ride that you've really wanted to do for that whole length of time. And so there's 52 weeks in a year, 52 Saturdays, I've got my 52 list and I do try and tick them off each and every year. My God, I love that. That is such a great idea. And I think something that I might adopt as well. (laughs) (laughs) So Rebecca, like packing a bag at 22 with $500 in your wallet, like that is so courageous. Like I just think back to myself at 22 and I thought there's just no way I could have, would have ever done that. So where did this courage come from? Were you always courageous in your actions, like from when you were very little, or are you someone that just decides to do something and then you just do it? I think the latter. 
actually is definitely is definitely that thing. You know, I know we're going to touch on it later, but you know, having alopecia from the age of seven, I was definitely picked on at school. Didn't really want to be in the spotlight. You know, just sort of flew under the radar for a little bit in terms of sort of social life. I, I say that, you know, if you saw photos of me as a teenager, I had like the gothic makeup going on because that was my way of covering up what else was different. I might as well be in with someone else, uh, another sort of tribe. But I think in terms of, of just going with it, my uncle, my mum's brother moved out here when I was out here. So out here to Sydney, Australia, when I was two. And I vividly remember him leaving. I, I, I you know, I vividly remember that and was able and fortunate enough to visit every couple of years, you know, visit the area. And I just knew one day I was going to live here. There was no doubt in my mind. I knew that I was going to live in Australia. And so, you know, that the, the headstrong person in me made sure that I, I did uni because I, I didn't want to, but I needed that degree piece of paper for my visa requirements. I did the, I did uni. I saved up. I made sure I had purchased a house in the UK so that if it all went, you know, belly up, at least I had a fail safe. I come back. So I'd had my house and I rented it. And so I had a safety net at home in the UK, but then just thought, bugger it. Like what's the worst that can actually happen? You know, let's just go there and see. And I worked at local cafes. I worked in like, I worked in a cafe in a dog park for a couple of years, you know, met people, the conversations you have with people over dogs is fabulous, you know. Same with serving coffee and I've I've got clients out of, you know, that started my career here. So yeah, you just what's the worst that can happen and I and I remember going, you're either going to like me or you're not and it's okay if you don't. There'll be other people that do. I've just had that ethos the whole time and just made it work. It's just amazing. And then like to stay here, you start your own business. And you land LinkedIn as your very first client. Like that, that's that's, when I read that, I was like, oh my God. Like, did you, like, that was that like a target for you to get LinkedIn? Or is it just, just sort of came about through? Not intentionally. So when I started the business, you're right, I, I, I built my business to sponsor myself to stay in the country. And I had the little, I guess, sort of shackles around me in that I couldn't, I could only do what my visa allowed me to do. I had to employ other people to do all the other stuff. So from the get go, I was paying myself that market salary and having to pay others their market salary for the business to be deemed a success for the whole sponsorship piece to be a legal thing to do. It was just a case of, well, I'm going to have to keep talking to people. And at the time, and I I mean, I don't know if this stuff still exists now, and I'm sure it does in one way, shape or form. But at the time, there were plenty of networking events that as someone knew, you could just book a ticket to and then go and see people. You know, rooftop bars where you had like, you know, you'd bought a ticket, you were drinking wine, you were meeting people that you for someone that came with not very much, it was quite glamorous to be able to walk around and be like, oh, talking to this person, there's canapes here, there's wine, chat, chat, chat. Because I didn't have any sense of I shouldn't be here. I didn't have that voice in my head going, oh, what if it doesn't work? I had no problem in openly telling people that I run a video production company. We operate across the nation. I didn't operate across the nation like yet, but I was telling people that. And so 
all of my clients over the years have been friends. They've been people that I've had common connection with on a human level, and it hasn't been a work thing first. And that's something I'm really proud of. It hasn't been a work thing first. You've always had an authentic conversation with me, followed me in some way, chatted in a non-specific work environment and built that relationship there. So yeah, that's how they became my first client. Yeah, I love that. And of course, that's how you've been successful because, you know, your relationships are based on that authenticity and that connectivity. That's obviously worked for you very well. So in the work that you do, you shine a spotlight on others and encourage them to be their authentic self. And yet you weren't doing that for you. So I'm really curious about that. So would you mind sharing a little bit about that for us? And also why you felt that you had to hide you from the world, like the real you? You know, for for everyone, you know, listening, I mentioned earlier, I have alopecia, which means I don't have any hair anywhere. Like I think I've got the strongest form of whatever it is. You know, I don't like to call it a disease because I don't feel that it really inhibits me in any way, shape or form. But it is an autoimmune disorder that attacks the hair follicles and I don't have hair anywhere. No eyelashes, eyebrows, you know, never, never had to put myself through a wax. Sorry, ladies, never had to do any of that stuff. And, but what I've always done is I've always worn a wig. I've always played with color in terms of, you know, one day I'll be blonde, one day I'll be a redhead and I've changed that up. But I've always covered the fact that I haven't got hair because it's a societal norm. You know, it's one of those things that if you don't have it, people automatically assume you're sick or they stare or it's just conversations that you just didn't, that I didn't really want to have. And so it was easier to cover up and be normal, have hair like everybody else. And it wasn't until, I mean, I moved out here, I was halfway through the bit, halfway through the business, the bit, sorry, what I mean by that is the business is 10 years old. And when I was at year five point, I remember having conversation and joining a mentoring group and then being part of, you know, I was very, I still am, you know, very highly involved in the women in focus community that used to exist with Combank and the early starts of business chicks and just being around women that would go, you got this, like you can be you. And the conversations around were very different to what you would have talking with people that were just in everyday, everyday jobs or everyday roles, right? The conversations to level yourself up are always different. And then I found myself um, in the company of my mentor, Janine Garner. And as part of her inner circle group, I've been part of there now for a few years. And the women in that, again, lifting up. And I remember someone saying, you know what? As soon as you take the hair off your business, that's your superpower. That's going to be, that's going to be it. It's going to skyrocket. It's, it's going to go places. And I'm going, nah, 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 not ready. And at the same time, I'd met my now hubby and he was the first one in a relationship where I was wholly just, yeah, I'm not going to sleep in my wigs. You know, I'm not going to do this. And he, I remember him coming home one day and going, it's 40 degrees outside. Like, why are you still wearing your wig? I'm like, cause it's, that's what I do. And he went, mm, no, probably should just take that off. Cause you look really hot. And, you know, little things like that just sort of led into me going, all right, I'll try this thing from home. 
I'll try it with friends when they pop over. I'll occasionally post a photo and, you know, see what happens in my personal space. Fast forward a bit, COVID hit the second major lockdown in Sydney. I'd done these couple of retreats and with with the same communities and then just thought, bugger it, like hair, wig, you know, wig, glasses, mask, hot summer, just not doing it. Something had to go and it was the wig that went and I haven't really looked back. It's been very eye-opening to see how that action has impacted and supported others without even realizing. It's been interesting for me to see how much more comfortable I am in myself, genuinely how much more comfortable I am both physically and emotionally as well. So yeah, huge thing. Took 25 years to sort of crack it, but you know, you got to be right when you, it's right when it's right. That's really interesting because, you know, as you said, like the support that you received and how it impacted others was really interesting for you. So you said that you felt more comfortable in yourself. Like what what was that feeling? Was it just was it just like freedom? Was it like I don't have to pretend anymore? Because I think we've all worn our own version of a wig, right? Like we all wear our own clothes so and hide ourselves in some way. And when we break through that, it's that liberating feeling. You sort of think, why didn't I do that before? <laughs> I think, well, again, you've got to be comfortable in doing it and really own it when you step out into it. Because as soon as you start to doubt yourself, you let the doubters in as well, which I think is 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 a pretty dangerous place to be. You've got to be very confident in allowing yourself to be vulnerable in your like rawest state you know to be unapologetically you to always show up that way and I find now that I've done it I want I look back and go was I really that like uncomfortable like was it really that unauthentic you know it was just part of my personality there and this is the next evolution of that as I've grown and you know my learnings of uh, you know I've learned more and leveled up my thinking you know it's now that next stage and I think that stage of evolution is something that does come with a certain level of freedom also I guess comes with a certain level of expectation that you put on yourself of like okay well I got there I pushed through that like what's the next crazy thing that's going to happen don't know what that is yet so <laughs> but yeah it is a sense of freedom for sure it, it definitely it feels good it just feels right for this stage We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. 
So is there a lesson in there? You were saying, you know, there was lots of things that you learned. Is there a lesson in there that, you know, really stands out to you that you think, yeah, like you talk about leveling up and the evolution of you. Is there a lesson in there that you can really leverage to to do that? For me, I'm constantly learning, constantly having conversations with people that inspire me or are so much smarter than me or I aspire to sort of be like, wow, how did you get to where you are? And so constantly learning is something that I really would advocate for is learning that piece. But I would still harp on to the fact that once, you know, it's got to be right for you. So for me, it was right because I'd done the work. I'd decided how it would make me feel if someone was going to pick on that, you know, and what those trolling comments could or may look like, how I was going to deal with that. And so really I didn't have that much backlash in reality, but I'd already decided how I was going to deal with it. And the way I was going to deal with it was just to ignore it. It's been there. It's been ignored because people are in your, I'm again, a big believer that they're in your orbit why you need them in your orbit. And then if they need to drop off for whatever reason, it's okay. Let them go with love and grace. So I think once you're okay with the decision that you're making, it could be anything, right? It could be moving countries. It could be buying a new car and, you know, someone somewhere is always going to find judgment in the actions that you do, but provided you're set in stone and comfortable yourself with what that action is, who cares what other people already think? But you've got to do the work so that you're at the point that that won't penetrate and and cause you any upset or disruption. I love how you say, you know, you did the work in terms of really getting clear on how you will feel when that happens. And it's it's about that feeling that can really sort of pull you towards what you're wanting to do too. It's so disappointing, you know, and I know that 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 will happen. There's the good and the bad in terms of, you know, having to manage the trolls or the negative comments just they'll always be there always be there won't they yeah let them do their thing just ignore them that's right and you've just recently got married too and you were able to to be just you that must have felt phenomenal too that was just yeah I've literally not turned back I'm not I'm not even joking everything all my wigs are still in boxes and it wasn't even wasn't even a conscious thought a few a few people asked me are you going to wear wigs and I went no but, you know, out of our 70 people that came, two people asked the question and no one batted an eyelid regardless. So the right people were there on the right day. But, yeah, you know, it actually, I think even not wearing hair and, and the photos just makes my dress pop even more. Like <laughs> It just looked so good. So, yeah, I did go all out in just, in just being me for the big day as well, which I'm really grateful and thankful that I, I did and I backed myself to do that. Yeah, absolutely. What is your message? I know you've you've said a couple of things before about, you know, it's really the time's got to be right for you. What's your message to people who are hiding their authentic selves and what would it would be the first step that you would encourage people to take if they were wanting to, you know, take their their wig off, so to speak? I think, okay, so I think you could, in the stages would be, you know, find that small group of people or that one person 
that you can have the conversation with and go, I'm thinking of doing this. I just want you to listen to it. And if, and if they're negative about it, they're not the right person. Just be mindful of that. If they're negative about it, they're not going to be the right person because you want the people around you that are going to lift you up. If something does penetrate that and gets you upset about it, that will I know, drink wine or bring the tissues or whatever it is that fixes you when you're down for a bit or will be there to listen. But you want, you want that cheer squad around you. So I think find a cheer squad and then do it in baby steps. For me, I started doing it in my own home and then I did it in my own home with other people. And then I do it by myself and with friends in small outings outside, you know, and then I thought bugger it and just took, you know, had a photo shoot and, you know, put it all over the internet and the website and everything like that. But that's my business, right? That's my personal brand. And, you know, you don't have to as an average person, but when you get to the point where you're comfortable, just, just own it. And you'll find that the support factor is there. It's the baby steps. It's, very similar to how I teach people about confidence on camera and video. It's, it's a muscle that you've got to train. And the more you practice it, the bigger the muscle is going to get, the stronger it's going to get, and the more comfortable and confident you're going to be in the situation. So baby steps, it, it takes practice, try it, feel out of your comfort zone, sink into the feeling, just keep striving for what you're wanting to achieve. And and, and what that feeling will be like when you get there. Yeah, it's a feeling too, isn't it? But I love that. Yeah, just to have that cheer squad is so important. So surrounding yourself with the right people who are really going to lift you up, taking those baby steps. Amazing. So, um, Rebecca, it's just been so fabulous to talk with you today and I really appreciate your time and, and thank you for sharing your, you know, very personal story with the listeners and, um, you know, I'm going through a journey myself at the moment where that it's quite the possibility that I will lose my hair. So mm. I'll be tapping into your story and really finding some strength in that and some courage to to embrace who I will be at a particular time. Yeah, I, I really I really hope that that you that you do, right? Like in in whatever journey that comes to, because I think if the, the conversations that people have had with me off the back of, you know, that could be, oh my gosh, I've had alopecia or some form of hair loss and I cover it up at work and just watching you do that is amazing. Or the people that come up and go, oh my gosh, when I was going through, you know, chemo five years ago, I wish I could just rock the look and not be so concerned about it. And wishing in hindsight is a wonderful thing. But if you've got the people around in the role models, and I love that you've said that because it is okay to do that differently. And so rock it, pick some amazing glasses, pick a random color of lipstick. I don't know, whatever that looks like for you, you know, have fun because because you can and the people there for the conversation. So yeah, walk your journey the way, the way that you want to walk it, I think is, is going to be key. Yes. Thank you. And that's very kind of you. And I think that's a really awesome message for the listeners too. You said the word and I'm massive about role models. And I think that is a really, really powerful thing that you're doing for many, many people. And another way that you're, you know, really making it count, you know, through your courage, will others will find inspiration. So thank you for your time and thank you for everything that you're doing to make it count. 
for others and also for simplifying the video journey for many, which can be very, very <laughs> You're <compelling>. so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you for listening to today's episode and I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count. Make it count.